Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Okay, the first scripture reading is from 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 16. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The next reading is from John 1:14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The next reading is from Galatians 2:16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. From Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. From Jude 1, 24 to 25, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forevermore. Amen. The Reformation. We remember, at least those of us who had to study theology remember, that in the reforming of the church in the 16th century, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll confess how I remember the year. In the year 1516 in Germany, they passed the Reinheitsgebot, the law still in effect that says exactly what can be in a bottle of beer or a bottle of wine. It's the purity law of beverages for Germany. In 1517, a year later, Martin Luther, whose famous table talks were usually conducted around brown beer that his wife Katie brewed in their home, go figure, they're Germans, you know. He taught later on, but he had to stand for his life at something called a D8, which is not restricting what you eat, it's a church council. He had to stand before a combination, political and church council. He had put his theses on the door of the chapel in Wittenberg, at Wittenberg University, where he was a professor and a priest. And there were 97 theses just for discussion about what the church was teaching, what it acted out, and whence it came. He just wanted to start a debate. Well, he was one of three who started a whole reformation in the church, along with Jean Calvin in Strasbourg, France, and Ulrich Zwingli, I can say that once a day right, uh, in Switzerland, who were looking to return the church to roots. 
And Luther famously exclaimed those at the Diet of Worms as the five onlys, because everything had to be in Latin. They had to be translated to German to be published to the people for teaching. And he said the five solas, the five onlys. Now, we talk about them. I can talk about them peace and quiet here in the church, mostly because I don't get amens during a sermon anyway, so it's quiet, but I know. And the solas aren't an amen type inducing stuff anyway. Martin Luther stood for his life. He had to flee from that meeting and be hidden away, had to grow a beard, change his look, be hidden away under a false name while he translated the Bible, by the way, into German and set the rules for German language that largely rule still today, where he wrote, a mighty fortress is our guard. Okay, not the liveliest hymn, but a good grand German one. And he had Psalm 46 in front of him when he wrote it. He needed a mighty fortress at that point. They wanted to kill him for stating he wanted faith to go back to the roots. And he stated his five onlys. The first one is sola scriptura, only through scripture, only through God's word, the wonderful words of life we just sang about. So it doesn't matter what a church council proclaims, whether our local church council or the grand sense of an ecclesiastical council of gathered people of supposed great knowledge of faith. It doesn't matter, matter what's in the Massachusetts general law. It doesn't matter what's in our church bylaws if it can't be tested against scripture. The words of life, the words of, I hate to say it, discipline, but the words of encouragement, the words of life, the words of growth, for a Christian are in this book, the 66 books that make it up. Yes, we don't understand it perfectly. It is abused still where people will grab a verse and try to pound you over the head with it or try to preach politics from it. But to test against the grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness of God, back to him introducing himself to Moses and before, even to Abraham, up through the very visible and lived out gospel that is the life of Jesus Christ. Scripture. Test it. Test what you hear from this pulpit against God's word. Be gentle if you tell me that I've strayed from it. I'll need to hear it if I have. Because then it's not preaching, it's Buchanan spouting up here and that's not right. Sola Scriptura. Only Scripture. When somebody says, oh, I found a really great book. Okay. How does it test out against God's word? Oh, this is, this is newer, brighter, bigger. No. Test it against God's word. Please. Sola Scriptura. And what was, and of course, Luther was working against proclamations by grand religious leaders in fancy robes with great titles. And we'll talk about great titles in a little bit on a, another sola. He says, No. It is only through God's word. Then we look to, to a figure. And how tempted are we in this world to put on a cap of a certain color or to say this particular leader, well, that's, that's the one that's going to take care of everything for us. Solus Christus. 
Luther would yell at you in Latin. Nur Christus, what he say in German. Only Jesus Christ. He is our only savior, our only refuge. I could have had Donna read verse after verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life, says Jesus. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you want to know God as perfect Father, look to the Son. If you want to know how to live, look at the life of Jesus Christ. If you want to know how to die and rise again, look to the life of Jesus Christ. He is one of two intercessors that we have and only two properly. When I was a youngster, I used to love to read of the lives of different saints. And as, as life examples, there are some wonderful, wonderful stories there. But when it comes time to seek intercession with God, solus Christus, only Christ, and the Holy Spirit who interprets our prayer when we don't know how to pray. Only Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us as God himself. Solus Christus. And I hope, I hope we come to really enjoy that newer hymn written by an Irish couple, the Gettys in Christ alone. I think it's beautiful. I hope we, we learn that one well with our new hymnals. Justified how? We've talked about the Pharisees who I'd like to think they had their hearts in the right place, but they were misguided. They thought they'd be made right with God by obeying every nitpicking detail of the law that they had added to God's law. How to tie your sandals, how far you could walk to water your donkey on the Sabbath, all those different tiny nitpicky rules. When you washed your hands, to let the water run from the fingers to the elbows or the elbows to the fingers, that was law. Does that make us right with God? Does that justify us with God? Sola fide, only through faith. And in whom again? Back to the solus Christus. Faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as living God who walked and dwelt among us and represented God the Father and sent God the Spirit. Sola fide, only in faith in Jesus Christ. That ought to be good news. Because through works alone, I myself, I'll confess for anybody else that wants to confess, I have some doubts whether I'm going to make it on deeds alone because it's a mixed bag. I won't confess to the details, okay? It's a mixed bag. When Jesus empties it out on the floor in front of the throne, he ain't going to smile at everything in there. But faith in Christ alone justifies me, makes me right with God. Thank God for that gift. And he gives us that gift. Sola gratia. Only by grace. An amazing grace, we say. Grace is when you get what you couldn't possibly earn or deserve. In the Bible, in the dictionary, it says unmerited favor in reality, it means you're getting something you couldn't have earned, deserved, bought, stolen, or procured any other way by hook or by crook. It is pure gift of God. 
the very gift of faith in Christ, the very gift of Christ, the very gift of God's word, all these solas so far are sola gratia, only through the grace of God. That's more good news, isn't it? I said we don't have to earn it, buy it, deserve it. Like that gift of faith. God knows how imperfect we are, how far we've fallen from what he wanted us to be, and will still lift us up with all these gifts. Can you see why these onlys are the place to found our faith? That all of the, the worldly trappings that we might try to add, thinking somebody's smarter than God, more eloquent than God, can explain it better than God, that somebody's got a grand enough position on earth to make proclamations for the faithful that aren't consistent with his word. These are trustworthy foundations. My tent maker job, my weekday job is as a civil engineer and I count very highly on landmarks that our expert surveyor, who by the way lives around the corner from the church here, our expert surveyor provides landmarks on these plans. So I know exactly what the elevation of something is going to be, where it's going to be, how I can plan to drain water around it. I know it doesn't sound very exciting, but it's interesting to an engineer. I need landmarks. That surveyor needs fixed points. And now he's got GPS. He can shoot from those with lasers and all kinds of things. He still needs something fixed to go by. And these are our landmarks. We've got five of them. Isn't that great? Preacher, you've only named four. You've got one more to go. Only to God be the glory. This stole represents the towel of Christ of a servant. It happens to be a pretty one because Kathy bought it for my ordination. But it's not a symbol of glory. Neither is a raised pulpit except that I can see you better and you can see me better and hear me better, I hope. It's all it's for. It raises the word, not the preacher. Only to God be the glory. Soli Deo Gloria. Only to God be the glory. So we sang it a little bit to stick it in our heads. It's not that people say, oh look, there's that wonderful church. Except they say that's a wonderful church of Jesus Christ and of God. It's not the glory of the edifice, although it's nice to have a good meeting house in which to, to gather. It's not to the glory of a particular leader or preacher or teacher. I'm reminded of an old song by Ray Stevens. And the chorus went, would Jesus wear a Rolex on his television show? Nobody else remembers that one from Ray Stevens, I guess. I'm, I, I know weird trivia from music. But that was the chorus of the song, would Jesus wear a Rolex? Woody, is that the kind of glory and grandeur? No. All glory, all thanks is to God for all the other onlys that he puts before us to make us his church, to make us his people, to keep us in faith. We have landmarks. And if God gives us so much grace and so much goodness to build a household of faith, if we want it to stand straight, do straight, teach straight, then we will go by the landmarks that go all the way back to Martin Luther in the 16th century, the five 
onlys of the church. When Luther got done making his speech, all he had left to say in front of people who were ready to haul him off and kill him was, here I stand, I can do no other. May God help me, amen. Hier stehe ich, ich kann nicht anders. Gott helfe mir, amen. Thanks be to God, amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.